The only one who was showing any zeal last night was the coach when he was freaking out about Donovan not being uh, fouled on that three-pointer. I saw no one else with any energy. There's Jake using the open mic feature on the app. A rare technical foul for Quinn Snyder. Well, actually, I don't know how he didn't get thrown out. Because I watched that thing a hundred different times, and I don't know what in the heck they saw. Now, it had obviously no bearing on the outcome of the game. But in the moment, yeah, that that was one of the most bizarre calls I'd ever seen. Uh, if I were him, I, I, I may have used that as an opportunity to see if I can... Uh, Spark something. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was certainly a horrendous call, but I'd, I'd actually prefer he didn't. I mean, you know, don't don't take it out on the refs; take it out on your own guys. But yeah, there there, there needs to be some more passion, for sure. I mean, it's not about that they lack passion; they just the effort there. Too many dunks, and and Quinsnett himself about not getting back on defense. This is coming from the boss. It's not coming from me. It's coming from the boss. <clears throat> really basic, that's the beginning. Right. If you don't do that, then you're not going to be doing anything else. You're just going to be taking the ball out of the net after their dunks. It reminds me of Bronco, and it used to drive me nuts. We tried hard. And, uh, Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there needs to There's be... There's a long line of walk-ons who would try hard. Yeah. There which is to... why he loved walk-ons. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Because he knew they would try hard. I think there needs to be more of a simplistic, we need to try hard. I'm wondering, is there anything that they can do with the lineups? Anybody have any suggestions as far as rotations? I thought he did it. I thought he did it late third quarter. I thought he was looking to be more athletic. The lack of athleticism yeah. is not... But at that point, it was too late. Yes. And also, it didn't have any impact. So I'm looking for going forward. But he went with, um, use Moutier. He did. And use Morgan. And you've already got Royce O'Neal out there, and, and he moves pretty well and defends pretty well and rebounds pretty well. So you're getting a more athletic group out there. I'm forgetting who else was out there. I tweeted something about it. I know those three were out there. Conley was a point guard with them, but it didn't have any impact. Yeah, I'm but not just exclusively interested in getting more athletic. Well, then, Evan brings up a point here. It's copycat league. Houston has the blueprint. Go small, spread the floor, eliminate the impact of Gobert. Jazz are horrible defensively on the perimeter, giving up dribble penetration. So you're going to take away where your best player, your two-time defensive player, because Houston's doing it. See, I think other teams have been doing it, and maybe there's an argument for it's been they're doing it better. But for a while now, we've seen teams like uh, Minnesota, Denver, uh, now the Lakers, but obviously that's just recently this year, where they can put a big guy on the floor, but he shoots threes and he pulls Gobert away from the hoop. So I think, and obviously Houston's doing that and making a matchup with Westbrook. Uh, but they've seen Gobert have to play 15, 18, 20 feet from the hoop for quite a while now. And to see him out on a three-point line against Carl Anthony Towns or against the Joker and now against AD, that's, that's nothing new. I mean, Houston's doing it differently with smaller guys, but it's still five three-point shooters or five three-point shooters. Yeah, give me James Harden, though, and I'll see about sitting Gobert. Allen's on the phone, 855-340-ZONE. Allen, what's up? Hey, guys. Hey, I just was like, – something I've kind of thought about as I've wondered is, you know, maybe they – it seems to me like they're a little bit too, I guess, dependent on the, the perimeter shot suddenly. Um, and, and when that's not falling, 
they're, they're, they're struggling. I mean, the only one that seems to really go to the hoop with any kind of consistency is, is Mitchell, and, you know, and, and, and so nothing's really opening up. And then, I, honestly, there's times when, as good as Gobert can be in, inside, sometimes he just, sometimes he looks soft. Like, sometimes it looks like somebody can just take it right at, right at him, and he just, you know, almost like gets out of the way. Yeah, I think especially when he gets into foul trouble, and I thought he had three fouls pretty early, and then he didn't want to challenge stuff, and that goes back to what you're saying about he's getting out of the way, and it's not a good look. And he's got to stay away from the early fouls so he can be more aggressive later in the game. Thanks for the call. 855-340-ZONE. That was why I said earlier in the show I think it starts, number one, I mean, you're right about it's everybody. But typically, somebody does something, and people feed off of it and all that. And yeah, yeah, Gobert, that's what I'm talking about. Gobert is the guy most likely to do that. He's the guy. It's what I said earlier about he's got the rep, he's got the love from the fans, he's got the money from ownership, he's got the hardware from the rest of the league, two player of the year awards, and he just went to the All-Star game. He will do something in game at some point, I think, most likely to fire everybody up. Everybody gets the extra bit of adrenaline. We've seen him block shots and the place goes nuts. And then secondly, Donovan. And yeah, but is two. it his responsibility to get back on defense ahead of everybody else and, when he has the longest uh, distance to cover? And that's when I listed um, the other guys. Well, first off, um, it depends on how they're playing if he has the longest distance. But no, typically it's the perimeter guys and it's whoever is up top. I mean, they, they basically do tell him, you're the only guy who can go offensive rebound. The other four guys have to get back and defend. And they're all getting beat in the middle of the court. I think the one offensive thing I'd go to, because I think this is mostly defensive, the one offensive thing is the turnovers bug me. And specifically, and I hate to admit David Locke is right because it's is irritating. But his stat about above-the-break turnovers, he's right about those. And hey, what does that mean, above-the-break? Explain that to people who don't Where know. Where the, the three-point line comes up, and then it's got that, it breaks, and it goes to the arc at the top. So basically, above the free-throw line. It's easier to have a fast break. If you get a turnover on the baseline, it's hard to fast break. You still have to run past nine other guys to get uh-huh. your dunk all by yourself. But if you steal a ball, like Westbrook at the start of the third quarter of the Rocket game, Joe had the ball, I think he was throwing it to Conley kind of beyond the top of the key, out close to half court. Yeah. And Westbrook read it, and when he intercepted that thing and picked it off, well, there was nobody between him and the hoop. That was a dunk. And so those turnovers that are an easy two points going the other way, There's nothing those between the me worst. and my Calvin Kleins. Yikes. <laughs> but, but there are turnovers where they just they look soft with the ball. And, I understand, And, yeah. you know, they're dribbling into traffic, and that does impact the defense because it's fast breaks and it's two-on-one, it's three-on-two. Yep. So they do have to stop that kind of stuff. Um, uh, there's no doubt about that. Bill, good morning. You're on the air with DJ and PK. Good morning, guys, from a jury, Pittsburgh, PA, out here. What's um, up, Bill? Two things. Two things. Um, maybe this is a good thing. I mean, I feel like every team goes through some soul searching, so maybe doing it at this point in the season, 26 games to go, get on a roll right before the playoffs, maybe it could be a good thing, just trying to find silver lining. And as far as a leader stepping up, why not Joe? Joe's been here a while. I'd love to see him make a hoop, come down, smack the floor like Woj used to for Duke. So maybe Joe could be the leader. I don't know. Thanks. Joe's the leader. Thanks to the call. Uh, I think they already. Th- I well, I'm wrong, but I thought they already had their soul searching period. Oh, with that five game losing yes. streak. Yeah. I'm way more worried about this losing streak than I was about that one. We're later in the season. It's home games. You had a week off to be refreshed. You're playing two of the three that were losing programs. 
it all adds up to far more distress for me than that five-gamer did. Because, yeah, all teams go through it. Lakers lost four in a row in December, I think it was. But, we're man, we're just a couple of days away from March. Uh, get on a roll. The time is now. Kawhi Leonard said it the other day for the Clippers. The time is now. So I'm way more worried. I think it has to be everyone. I don't know that they have a singular leader who is, boys, feed off of me. Can a role player really be that guy? Uh, there probably are examples. They're mostly guys, I guess, who are known as defensive players. You know who an example would be? And the fact he's gone might be part of the problem. Uh, Jay Crowder. People can feed off. You bring the energy. You make a play. He had that steal, and he's beating on his chest. I got heart, and the crowd's going nuts. And the Jazz could use a moment like that. It's like jump starting a car. It's not why the car runs, but the car still needs to jump start. So did they underestimate what Crowder gave to him? Them beyond stats, tough guy, emotional dude, pumping his no, heart, those I, types of things. I don't think they did because the problem is. That if they had that right now, okay, well, they would beat the Suns or whatever, but they still know they would run into teams in the playoffs that would make him take shots, make him take threes, and, you know, shooting in the low 30s from the three-point line. Well, you kind of just contradicted yourself. You told me Jay Crowder, then I asked you, then you said, no, he's a bum. <laughs> I didn't say he's a bum. Well, but he can't he shoot couldn't hit open well shots. They're going to lead him. He, he could shot, help him. He could help him in this moment. He could help him in this moment with what is wrong is now. But there is a ceiling on how far you're going to go. Now he could fix this moment right now. I think he's what they need right now with what's going on. But it when? still puts a ceiling on you right now. Okay. You know when two news noon starts? I do at noon. Right now, it's amazing. Every day, we have a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you love being right? Uh, we have a discussion going on, multiple people going back and forth on Twitter about whether the media is doing a good enough job holding the Jazz accountable. We've literally talked about nothing else this morning. Uh, and Anthony just came back with, uh, are you kidding me? NBA players have zero accountability to the media. They're accountable to the organization who pays them. They want to increase their value. They need to play well and win. The media has no part in the process. There are other people who want to want us to call them out like they do in New York, L.A., and Chicago. So is that uh, calling them out? Is that really fixed the Knicks and the Bulls over the years? Uh, we can call guys out if you want. That goes back to what you said earlier about we know what the problem is. Yeah. We know they sucked. We saw it. It was awful. And we know they're not defending well. They gave up 131 points. But how do you fix it? Right. So we can yell and call them out. Yeah. But they sucked. What I, more do you want? Yeah. That doesn't. Uh, Why did you suck? I mean, you have to have some diplomacy in the way you ask the questions. It's official. February 24th of 2020 will always go down as a crappy night. I'm way more concerned about going forward here. How do you change it? How do you get better? That's the issue. Do you need to make lineup changes? Scotty D says, I'm convinced there must be some serious chemistry issues in the locker room. In what way? I I would love to expound upon that. He says, I'm worried that at least some of it might involve Rudy. Rudy? But How that's so? all he gives us. I don't know. What? Give me something to comment on. I need more meat. I'd be guessing. Come on, Scotty D. He, he threw this up last night. I'm, I pulled back here in the uh, timeline a little bit. He put this up last night after the game. Uh, you know, maybe early in the year when Rudy said he needed more shots and he needed more dunks, I can see where that might have irritated people, but that moment's a long way in the rearview mirror, so I assume that whether that was... 
something, a little thing, or more than that, whatever it was, they, they fixed that. Seems like a lot of water's under the bridge since then. You know, sometimes when teams play like this, it is chemistry issues. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's something else. Uh, if it is that, it tends to leak out over time, and we'll end up hearing. Well, then fix the lineup then to uh, eliminate the chemistry issue then, if that's the issue. I hope that's the issue, because then that's fixable. To Jared. Jared, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. What do you got, Jared? couple takes. So, first, the offense is so dependent on that uh, top of the key screen and roll with Gobert. And, uh, you know, during this losing streak, when's the last time we saw that high lob to Gobert where he throws it down? Uh, or last if night. he gets the switch and that smaller guard's there, he's got to do a better job of sealing him. Uh, and also, guard's got to do a better job of getting it to him when he does do that. So that's my first take is our offense isn't flowing because that has not been happening. And the do you second, have another one? Yeah, this is the second take. I do. So the second, and this brings me no joy to say this, but I mean, it, to me, this season and where we're at right now boils down to the disappointment of Mike Conley. And he's the highest paid guy on the team. And last night, he wasn't even an adequate backup point guard. And we, we can't do that because it's, it's not going to get us where we need to be. Well, I get the Conley thing. We've been hearing that all year long, but and we're going to just keep repeating ourselves here. Uh, and he wasn't good last night, but nobody was good last night, so I don't see the point in picking on one guy. He sat against San Antonio, and they laid a total egg. So if he was a problem, then he would need to be removed. But when he was removed... By security? What? No. Oh. 100% <laughs> of the Jazz Self-removed, fans... Self-removed, you know. Self-removed, yeah. Rest. <laughs> One hundred percent of the Jazz fans. <laughs> you left can't the, be here. One hundred percent of the Jazz fans left the arena upset with the way the game went. Oh, even more than that. One hundred one percent. Adding in the ushers who are fans but didn't buy a ticket. <laughs> Everybody did. Yeah. There's some people in concessions who rooted for the Jazz who literally didn't see the game who left upset. All right, back to the phones. Aaron, good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks Good for all that. Uh, all you do. All right, thank you. Um, I just wanted to expand real quick with uh, the comment about Rudy. If if you watch these last few games and just pay attention to him, he is genuinely upset. He'll post up on these small guys, and it, it, I mean, a lot of times it looks like he's not even being looked at. Um, especially last game, though, there was. There was at least four times where he'd post up, he could get the ball, they didn't see him, and he'd just kind of turn around and throw his head and be frustrated. Um, you know, I, I'm not sold that it's a locker room issue, but, I mean, it, it looks like he is getting frustrated from the lack of, of getting the ball and, and even getting looked at. Yeah, thanks for the call. I mean, frustration should abound big time. Each person should have frustration individually about himself, about others, and it should be about the team. Uh, When you're losing games that you're expected to win and you're underperforming, right now they are underperforming. I don't think anybody can deny that. They're better than this. So there should be all sorts of frustration. I've got no problem with that. And from frustration can come improvement. 
You know, it's not about letting things fester. It's about correcting things. That's what matters the most. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz dropped their third straight game. They lose the Phoenix Suns 131-111. to Devin Booker led the visitors with 24 points. Donovan Mitchell had 38. Jazz are off today. They host the Celtics tomorrow, 8.30 on ESPN. Elsewhere in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, 25 points. The Clippers blow out the Grizzlies, 124-97. The Rockets, 123-112 over the Knicks. Behind James Harden's 37 points, the Mavericks beat the Timberwolves, 139-123. Tonight, NBA doubleheader on TNT. Bucks and Raptors early. Pelicans and Lakers are the late game, 8 o'clock on TNT. College hoops tonight. Utah State hosts San Jose State in Logan tonight, 9 o'clock, ESPN2. Listen to the game here on the Southern Sports Network. Scotty G with the pregame show at 8.30. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room. Fourth room's free. Check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call them at 801-288-9376. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Tim Lacombe, Senior Night, Paz, and all those guys that had fought so hard for that program for so many years to be able to play Gonzaga and play that well. I mean, what were your emotions knowing these guys so personally watching that game? I was so anxious. It was like I was there. And, you know, Zags made that big run, which you knew they were going to do. But I was just so impressed with the way you fought and clawed. And, and every single guy seems like made a play to help them win that game. I was so relieved when the game was over and they'd won. I'm not going to lie, I don't cry a lot, but you know, I had a few tears in my eyes to watch that environment and know what those guys have been doing and done for so many years, you know, to try to get that thing. It was really, really special. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Thursday, 3 to 6 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. That's the Warehouse. This is important. The Jazz have got to change their evil ways. Baby. You got me running and crying all over town. I'm losing my mind. So now we got people comparing the angst they feel after the Jazz loss <laughs> with other dramatic moments in their life. You ready for that? Should we let people bring it on? Catharsis? Yeah, depending on how serious it is. <laughs> this loss is more disappointing than the time in my sang- in second grade when I found out that cute girl in my class that liked me, she was my second cousin. Okay, this is Utah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> second cousin? Nah. Is it against the law, the second cousins? Bryce apparently drew a line, and that was out of bounds. Did you ever have thoughts for any of your cousins? No. no. None? No. You have ugly cousins? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of cousins my age. Even better. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. As a 12-year-old, you look at the 6-year-old, you're like, no. Oh, no, no, no. I thought you meant older. Okay, no, no, no. No, no, I didn't have, <laughs> That's I didn't have disgusting. the older. the younger. Yeah, so it wasn't, wasn't, really, wasn't really a question. <laughs> yeah. You, you probably you should have known that, though. Especially around here. They got, like, buildings of genealogy and stuff. 
That 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 shouldn't have been a surprise. You know what I mean? You should have known that. I'm shocked that he didn't know that on the first day of school. What's up, cuz? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, if you got something, how this compares to other horrible moments in your life. And the funny horrible, as PK says, not actually the horrible horrible. (laughs) The funny horrible. I look at this as one of the more shocking developments in franchise history. Where did this come from? Yeah. Not so much the last streak because they won 19 out of 21. You're like, well, they're not actually going to win 90% of their games for the rest of the season. So there's going to be a bump in the road. Yeah. And they had it. But then they won four in a row. And you're like, oh, well, they figured this out. Now they've lost three in a row. So they didn't figure At it out. At home. Two to lottery teams. Two to lottery teams. When they were getting their butts kicked earlier, when they went back to Toronto and Philadelphia, those were on the road. And they were playing get, the top of the East. Yeah. We knew it was. And they were the in schedule. a little bit of a slump. Uh, all right. We knew when the schedule came out, they were playing the best in the East. But, the, but the, the margin of defeat was outrageous. But losing the 20 at home by the Suns, to the Suns, I mean, it's completely and totally inexcusable. This is one of the most shocking. It is the, uh, it ranks among the most five shocking on-field developments that I've ever seen. Had to go on-field, didn't you? Yeah, because it's about competition. I want to know what the other four are now. Oh, well, Utah getting the Pac-12. But that's not on-field no, competition. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I'm comparing it to. That's why I eliminated that. Yeah, because that's a huge story. Right. BYU goes independent, and Utah goes to the yeah. Pac-12, and Bronco gets a head coaching job with no head coaching experience. Right, when they already had... Uh, videos of testimonies but of another You're talking coach. on-field competition yeah. moments, so over the 25 years we've been here uh, I would say BYU Andre having Miller. three losing seasons in football. Yeah, Andre Miller hanging a triple-double on uh, Arizona in a regional final game to go to the Final Four. My gosh, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Off the charts. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I mean Utah get to the Final Four the year after they lost the best program, player in program history. Right. That was a shocking development. We knew they would be good, but I didn't think they would be that good. And then they shocked us by beating Carolina, and then they shocked us by blowing a lead against uh, Kentucky. That was all sorts of shocking. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we remember it, long after other games have faded away. Oh, yeah. That was a glorious time working for the Watchdog going down to San Antonio. That was as fun as could be. So we've got a lot of people hitting us up on social media because, as you pointed out, the Jazz are important to people and everybody's got their eyes on them and hopes are up. Mm -hmm. And we've got uh, people saying, (laughs) we got all kinds of theories here. Um, But we got one that says, you know, the interesting thing is in this whole thread, it's all over the map and it's because nobody really knows what the problem is including the players and coaches. Because deep down, they don't really want to get smoked at home by the Suns. If they're uh, that obvious to uh, fix, uh, uh, they would have fixed it. and deep down and everywhere right. in between. Of course, the other theory is that all these theories have some element of truth to them, and that's part of the problem. You don't just lose to the Spurs and the Suns at home decisively. Because it's just one thing. 
So that the people who are saying, well, the chemistry on the offensive end with Conley, the people who are saying the transition defense, the people who are saying it looks like they don't care, the people who are saying that uh, Rudy's getting pulled away from the hoop, there's probably a little bit of truth in all of these. No, but no I one agree. thing is the thing, but they're all happening, they're all spiraling. But I think at the end of the day, all the X's and O's and the athletic stuff, it all trails back to there is this, just this lack of, when you got it going, there's this collective spirit and everybody's fighting and everybody's scrapping and who's going to be the next guy to make the play? And there's none of that now. Now they, now they got the coach saying, well, we got to start by running back hard on defense. And Quinn brought that, brought that up in his postgame. That's distressing, but true. Speak the truth. I've got no problem with speaking the truth. It's distressing to have to hear it. Sometimes the truth is painful to hear. And that's the case. It needs to come from Quinn Snyder because he's the one who's going to be making the changes. Uh, do, do you just demand more effort or do you make lineup changes? Do you put Clarkson in the lineup? Do you, do you say, hey, we're at our best when Joe is getting eight, nine assists? Because if Joe, I'm just throwing this out there. That's just kind of brainstorming. If Joe gets eight, nine assists, go back and look. What's our record when he's getting eight, nine assists? So we need to put the ball in his hands. And sorry, Mike, sorry, whomever, uh, this is what we need to do. Well, it's, it's easy to cut Jeff Green. <laughs> but is it easy to do other stuff? No. Going forward. But is it necessary to do other stuff? Do they need to do that? Then they need to make lineup changes, rotational changes. So Joe had seven assists against San Antonio. And I lost the game. That's why I said eight. But <laughs> <laughs> that fix everything. Put the ball in Joe's hands. Well, but it, the, does the ball move better? You get Rudy with the lobs. The, the guys in the corner get open threes. And is, is he the? Is I'm throwing it. I'm not saying yes. I'm throwing it out there. Is he the best at initiating the offense? Does he get everybody involved? And if you get everybody involved offensively, does that lead to more energy defensively? Does that lead you to run back more harder and faster and get in position and have more of a, a team unity going on there? Quick math says they're nine and three when he has eight assists or more. Because every time uh, you ever see somebody, they're like jogging back, not jogging back, but they're in a defensive backpedal stance and they point to the guy in the corner, like you got to get him. Mm-hmm. That's only after a made basket. Nobody ever does that off a brick. (laughs) (laughs) At 25-footer, barely grazed the bottom of the rim. You're not pointing. Hey, pick up him in the corner. He's leaking over to the right here. You only do that after you made a basket and everybody's all fired up and you got all this all-for-one, one-for-all type of mentality. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So is there something there that they need to have that? Or just start pointing after bricks. <laughs> I, I want that. I want that. That would be hilarious. So, you so the, what, only, the only thing I would say to that is what? they scored 111 points against the Suns. So I have a hard time complaining about the offensive end of the floor. 111 points wins a lot of games. I don't no, think it wins as many as you think in today's NBA. It does win fewer. I get it. But it's not... It's not a travesty. I mean, I think we feel right now, right now, like that game was just hideous. Well, 111 points isn't hideous. And you're right. You might lose a 115-111 game. You might. The problem was the 131. The offense wasn't that bad. I know, but sometimes you need to look at offense to get you energy on defense. 
I, I will say the turnovers, when, when you start having 19 turnovers, and especially where they've had them on the court, free throw line, top of the key, it's going to be way easier to get a break going the other way. And some of them do look like guys are confused or I don't know what the deal is. It's out of whack. Mm-hmm. The, the turnover okay. part of it bugs me. I know there are coaches who said, uh, and there are coaches who when I was younger and they were really good. And when you played. No, no, when I played. Uh, our coach used to scream at us all the time about turnovers. <laughs> hey. He hated them. But uh, like Jerry Tarkanian and the Running Rebels, when they were on top of the world at UNLV, he said, I don't worry about turnovers. This time my team is being aggressive. I want to be aggressive. I want to push the pace. I'll live with some turnovers. And so I know there are coaches who say that. But still, when I look at a number in a box score and I start seeing 17, 18, 19, you're turning the ball over too much. Jerry Tarkanian, huh? There you are. All right. Let's settle in now and be entertained. Shervin, good morning. Good morning, man. How you guys doing? Good, Sherv. How are you? Good, good. I hope you guys are ready for this. I'm sitting down, big guy. It, it, it's coming. So. Don't swear. Right. Don't be obscene. I'm not. I'm not, I've never sworn. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. What, okay. So, first of all, you guys know I've been a Jazz fan forever. Yes. And by any chance, I'm not a you know I'm not a coach, but I do understand basketball. Okay, good. It doesn't take a genius to figure out this is not working. If you guys all recall during last year playoffs, everybody just said, if we just had one shooter, if we just had one shooter, every day we said, if we just had one shooter, uh-huh. that's all this team needed. Didn't yeah. need anything else. So some genius decides to go overhaul the whole team and bring in Mike Conley. I'm sorry, Mike Conley is a good player, and I have a lot of respect for him. He's a great guy, perfect man in the NBA, but he just does not fit in this system. I do not know who did their homework, but they should get an F for what they did. Okay, what Mike Conley is doing is, first of all, we have no point guard. Last night, one assist for our point guard. Are you kidding me? $35 million for one assist? I would be happy to come in for $35 and hand the ball to somebody. Maybe they can make a basket. Okay. But, yeah. And, you know, what his defect is this. But Donovich is a spot-up shooter. Instead, he's trying to try too hard to drive to the basket. He ends up turning the ball over about three to four times a game. He's trying too hard. That's not his game. Okay. You got Joe Ingles who constantly is looking over his shoulder, when is he coming out or not? If you remember when Conley was out, Joe Ingles was going like crazy. Okay? Now you got Donovan Mitchell the last two games. So I finally came up with the answer. This is Donovan Mitchell's team. Everybody should just stay the hell out of the way. Give the ball to Mitchell from starting the game. Do not pull him out till the end of the first quarter. Let him establish us as far as offense goes. If he wants to pass it to somebody, more power to him. If he doesn't want it, let him turn the ball over. I'm okay with that. With that said, thank you for listening. All right, Shervin. My favorite part is that uh, he'd come in for 35 and uh, hand the ball and maybe he'd make a basket. Hand the ball to someone. Maybe he'd make <sighs> I'd a probably want 100 bucks. <laughs> 35 is a little low, you know, because you got to factor in gas to get down to the arena. And if you don't have a pass to park, just give them per diem and call it a day. 10, 20 bucks to park. And they're taking away this lot over here on the corner. What are they building over here? 
a big building. Uh, I didn't know specifically what it was. Is it a hotel or office building, apartments? I think it's with the Greek Orthodox Church. It's on the uh, corner. I think they're building oh, is it? something. Yeah. I came in on the end of the story. Channel oh. 2 had a story on at the end of this, and I saw like the last seven seconds of it. Oh. And it's going to be a big glass structure. Really? So, yep. Cool. Well, we get to look at it then. Uh, so that takes away parking. So I would, I would, I would say minimum a hundred bucks. Uh, but thirty-five million for one assist—that's more than Mel Tucker gets for one win. Boom! There it is. <laughs> Boom! Time together. College football and hoop, right there. Uh, the Conley thing hasn't worked to this point. I mean, I I don't know other, how other to say. Well, it hasn't worked to the level we thought it would work. That's the thing. But it's well. It's not going to work to the $30 million level. Was it going to get him to the second round? Was it going to get him to a conference final? I, I thought that was a open. good chance, but I this morning I'm saying no. no. I hope I change my mind. Right now they don't look like a team that can get out of the first round. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you go into the Quinn Snyder thing, mo- uh, you are who you are in the moment. Yeah. Not what you were, what you want to become, but what you are right now. They're a team that's on a three-game home losing streak to two lottery teams. That's not good. I mean, I can't spin this any other way. I would love to spin it, but it, we can't spin it any other way. And then people would turn us off if we did, because you got to speak the truth. So uh, we're running out of time for this to work to the level that we thought it would work. Well, I don't even think there was unanimity on the level that it was going to work at. But I think that what they're on pace for right now will be a disappointment for everybody, even though people had different goals and how high they thought this team could go, how far this team could go. I thought push a second-round series. I think that puts you right in the middle. I mean, there were definitely people who wanted, you know, three seed and then an upset, and they could be in the conference final if this were. Well, so did I, but I'm trying to be realistic here. I wanted it, too. My goal for the Jazz is to go 82-0 and zero and then win four seven-game playoff series. <laughs> playoff losses are okay, not regular season losses. Think about it, people, and you'll figure out why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the team, the players, the executives, the I always go into every year with goals. I want the Sun Devils to go to the Rose Bowl, and I want them to win the College World Series. Those are my two goals for the Devils, and I want the Jazz to go 82-0 and 0 and win four seven-game playoff series. Think about it, people. <laughs> They're radio hosts who don't want to sweep in the finals because they want another week of basketball. Yeah. That's my goal every year for this team. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Maybe the Jazz should look at uh, doing something with Zach Selyus from BYU. He doesn't have the talent, but he has the moxie to carry a stash and a bad haircut like that. Maybe that can get him going. <laughs> Laugh at the end? Yes. <laughs> that was from Lane. That's Lane right there. Selyus has become a cult hero. Doesn't sound, well, I think it's the mustache and the haircut. Yes. He's well, been there for a while, it, but he's got a different it, look It now. is the intensity in which he plays, and it's the emotion combined. It's not just the stash yes, to, and the to haircut. to go with the look, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to give that kid credit. He's figured out a role for himself, 
and that's why I enjoyed talking to him last week. He's just out there to run around with his head cut off and give you every 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 sense of energy, ounce of energy is what I'm looking for, that he has. And yeah, that that good for that kid because I enjoy his passion to play, and he knows it's running out of time. Every team needs that guy. Find that guy. Who is that guy for but the? But the Jazz? pros are too cool for that. They don't do that. Uh, you, well, with the bad mustache and the haircut and all that. But what? As far as a guy who's grinder energy guy, there's usually some guy like that, isn't there? Who? Mark Madsen is coaching at UVU for those really good Laker teams. He was on. He was that guy. Nah, you you keep going back to Tark and 15 years ago. How about now? <laughs> Jake Crowder was that guy last year. Trevor Booker was that guy when he was here. Uh, Damari Carroll was that guy when he was here. And if he's going to get on the floor in Houston, it's because he's going to be that guy in Houston. I don't, I don't, I don't think they were that guy's the way Celius does it. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton returns this summer with special guest Cheryl Crow and the Dirty Knobs with Mike Campbell. On an extensive new run of shows, Chris Stapleton's All-American Roadshow is sure to delight the crowd with a unique blend of bluegrass, rock, and country. Don't miss your chance to experience it live Thursday, June 25th, Yasana Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com, and we will have them on a Win Tickets Wednesday Tomorrow. Speaking of bad haircuts, what do you think of Chris Stapleton's haircut? Nothing. Good, because he doesn't get one. There you are. It's way long and all over the place. <laughs> ben, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Ben. What's up, Ben? You're on. You guys just mentioned what I thought was we needed an energy guy. Every team that makes it to the playoffs um, has somebody like that, like P.J. Tucker for Houston, or Draymond Green for the used to be the Golden State, Patrick Beverly for the Clippers. Um, last year was Drake Crowder for us. You know, he's not always the best scorer, but he's always willing to dive on the floor, get the ball, or if somebody fouls one of your teammates hard, he's always ready to, you know, get in somebody's face. I think that's what we're okay. we're missing this year is the tough guy. So we're missing Jay Crowder, and if the Jazz go out in the first round, how is that any different than what Jay Crowder did? How's it any different? Yeah, they went out in the first round. They lost in five games last year. Mr. Tough Guy Energy Guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we got our shooter with Bogdanovich, but I, you know, I, and I think he could have helped last year, but uh, I like Mike Connolly, but I think you probably could have kept Crowder and, you know, moved uh, Donovan to the point guard and let him handle the ball and, you know, had a, had a tough guy out there. But I could be wrong. I'm not a coach, I, a basketball coach, I coach soccer. But I leave a. I always leave a tough guy in there, even if he's not the the most talented guy on the okay, team. Okay, wait a second. Just for that high wait, a, wait a second here. You're, There's you no way a, you can pass. You on have that. a tough guy in soccer. Oh yeah. Now, what's your your scale of toughness, though? I mean, that's that's really not like you're not comparing putting a tough guy in basketball, a tough guy in football, and a tough guy in soccer. There's well, a, there's I'm up a in difference Wyoming, there. So we have to have a tough guy. Oh, you live in Wyoming? Well, yeah. everybody's tough in Wyoming. Why didn't you say <laughs> that in the first place? But you have to have a really tough guy in Wyoming. Okay, a really tough guy. You spend all that time <laughs> leaning into the wind, man. Guy who eats meat raw. And <laughs> he kills it yeah. and then just eats it right there. He doesn't take it home, put it in the back of the pickup. 
That's right. Yeah, okay. Right. I got gotcha. you. Now, roadkill jokes are next. Thank you. All right, let's move on. That's <laughs> <laughs> tough guy. So my first experience in Laramie, I get off I-80, drive down the main drag, I'm in my rent-a-car, working for the watchdog. A guy in front of me has got a truck. He's got a bumper sticker, back end of the truck. It says, ditch the, rhymes with ditch, Uh so ditch the, comma, let's go hunting. Welcome welcome to Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had heard. I had never been there, obviously, but Donnie Daniels and I had a connection because he's he coached down at Harvard College. I covered Harvard College. He was the one who told me the first time, you've never walked the halls of Crenshaw. Well, actually, Donnie, I have. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> so he told me, you ever been to Laramie before? When I'm on the beat, 1994. No. He says, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he starts telling you stories. Yeah. Sit down. Donnie's a classic. Because yeah. <laughs> he's an L.A. City guy like I was, yeah. And he had obviously been and on the And then this one time, I saw this. Are you kidding me? So he started telling me. And then, so I stayed there the first year in Laramie. And then Dave Fox, they used to do the games back then. Uh-huh. Him and uh, McKay McGrath, uh-huh. who was an Arizona kid, so I had a connection with him. Fox says, oh, no, 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 you don't do that. <laughs> you stay in Fort Collins and you drive up. <laughs> Five days of merit points. <laughs> so he said, I said, you do? He says, yes. He said, so you stay, and so because you played CSU and, and, and Wyoming in the same trip, right? So you stay there, and then we drive up. He said, I'll drive you up. So he drove me up the next year, <laughs> and, and he told me how to do it. So I learned from more experienced guys. Learn from the master. Yeah, who knew what they were doing. All right, coming up next, Ben Anderson, radio studio analyst for the Jazz pre-half and post-game. We'll get his take on the Jazz and what the heck has gone wrong since the All-Star break. That's next. Stay with us.